Welcome to Journey on My Mind, a podcast produced by Journey Church. Our mission is to provide practical guidance for navigating the complexities of modern life by combining psychological principles with biblical counseling. Join us on this path where we explore the meaning point of science and faith and offer insights to help you on your journey. Welcome to A Journey on My Mind. We're back in the uh, middle of, no, it is the end, end. of summer. Mm-hmm. It is August 31st. Crazy. What does that mean? It means September is tomorrow. Oh, that yeah. that's what that means. Is that the end <laughs> of the supermoon? Oh, did you see it last I night? I saw it. It was very cool. It was very cool. It was one of those uh, rare moments where you it feels like you could reach out and touch it. Yeah. Like, mm. really cool. And uh, well, that was Lauren, and Dave's here with me, and so is Sam. Hello. And, and I'm Kevin trying to figure out what I'm going to say next. But <laughs> on that note, we were just discussing the fine art of having rare pets. Yeah. Lauren, rare or weird or rare, obscure. Obscure. Yeah, obscure. And, and Lauren and I are pretty normal people. We have dogs. Right. Um, you know, back, <laughs> you know, I caught a gopher once, but it lasted for a day. You know, that kind of thing. Living in Minnesota, gophers were very common. Um, and, and did it not, bite you? No, actually, it didn't. Wow, I, it was scared to death of I'll me. Bet. Um, and it it died, but that's a different story. Oh, it just <laughs> brought the room down, yeah. Right? Yes, well, that was wow. fun. Well, yeah, you see, when you <laughs> catch it and then you put it in a bucket and you put a lid on it, oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, they don't last long that tend, way, don't, yeah, to, yeah, to make it, yeah, yeah that's okay. rough. That's rough. And in the sun, yeah, and when you're eight years old, you don't, you don't know. think yeah, about it, mm-hmm. yeah. I should have poked holes in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhat obscure, but also very dumb. Oh, I've had my share. Well, yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me clarify. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> Growing up, I had normal pets, except for I think I had a turtle and some gerbils and all that. Yeah. But mostly dog stuff. But yeah. I have four kids, and one of them, since she was little, <laughs> loves weird animals okay. and mostly reptiles. Mm-hmm. So Oof. I'll skip ahead and say, she has her own apartment right now <laughs> with two ball pythons and a bearded dragon yep. and a bunch of other smaller snakes. And they're all in that apartment and never <laughs> Not- will come into mine. But here's the story. So um, when when she was a kiddo, um, said, I want to have uh, a ball python. And she had a PowerPoint presentation oh my gosh. <laughs> at dinner. And is like, oh, they're sweet and cuddly and they, you know, blah, cuddly? blah, blah. No and one says a snake no, is cuddly. This child does. Yes. And, so did mine. Yeah. And, and so I'm watching the PowerPoint presentation going, okay, this is an easy no, right? <laughs> yeah. And at the end, before I say anything, Ellen said, well, where I used to work, which she was the program director for a science museum, <laughs> we had ball python and they were sweet. And I'm looking at her like, I guess, what have you done? You've betrayed me. Yeah. So, yeah. That you sounds me. like marriage counseling right yeah, there. It was. So, <laughs> skip ahead again. We got the ball python. Yeah. And I said, if that thing ever gets out, ever. Ever. It, you're done. So, sure enough, a month later. Oh, yeah. yeah you know it's going to get out. I, I wake up and she's in on the floor weeping because, not because... I'm upset with her. No. But because it's away from her and probably is lonely and scared. Oh. Right. This whole projection onto the <laughs> onto the snake. And I said, You're gonna stay at home. 
you're going to look in every nook and cranny of the house <laughs> until you find it and you will not stop. And she found it. <laughs> okay. But it was curled up in underneath a chair, yeah. like at the at the top of the oh. chair. It's my absolute nightmare. It was, <laughs> you know you that there's down. a snake lost a in python. my house. A python. You sit down not for dinner. A, not a corn snake, a python. <laughs> You're like, so, my yeah. chair's moving. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh I, have, I have a bunch of stories about, about that one. With, um, oh, there, yeah. No, no, no. Another time I'll tell you a story about taking the python through security. Oh. Oh, you <laughs> okay. traveled with it. No. <laughs> oh. It was accidental. Yeah. She was going to do a present. She did a presentation was it a in PowerPoint front of the board president? of county commissioners. Yeah. And they had to go through security to get to the the county commissioners yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, oh had it gosh. in a satchel oh and my gosh. put it through security. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. There it is. It That's was her incredible. emotional support snake. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work anymore. I don't think it doesn't. I've heard. Yeah. And they <laughs> keeps people at bay too. They've, yeah. They've clamped down That's how on she the stays emotional, emotionally stable. <laughs> the emotional support snake. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. So I've had my share. Yeah. There's more there by the way. Oh, but I that's could just only a imagine. Sample. Yeah. 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 We have, well, right now we currently have a bearded dragon. Uh-huh. Um, and he's super chill. Yeah. Pablo, he's cool. He just does his thing. What does a bearded dragon eat? Um, weren't like uh, super worms. It's like a super worm. And that's, what they, that's what they're called. It's like a wax worm kind of thing. And uh, veggies. Huh. I love vegetables. Okay. So they're real docile. They just literally, you'll see them, people just carry them on their shoulders and they don't want to go anywhere. So they're not crick. They don't eat crickets. Or- yeah, they do. They eat crickets. I mean, any that that kind of insects. But typically, what we buy from the store, you know, they're like, oh, these are like, oh, this is the kind of protein that they need. Kind of, okay. you know, right. more spe- that, specified. And they're cool looking, and they don't bother me in the least. Yeah, but it's when we get into the python territory. snakes yeah. and stuff. But yeah. yeah, the bearded dragons are pretty cool. They're neat, thing. man. Uh-huh. Yeah, and we, uh, I was. I was telling you, so my uncle had a raccoon. Yeah. Um, which that's probably, I don't know, maybe that's weird. Is that weird? Oh, it's, well, yes. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's a, weird. Okay. It's 100%. Okay. 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 I'd say it's a 7.5 on a On the weird. Yeah. That, that's weird. I had a, th- I don't know, this is probably not weird. It's another reptile, but what you were, we were talking about the, uh, um, oh, what was it? A, uh, in college. Oh, you the iguana. Iguana. I couldn't think of the lizard. Yeah, I had an iguana. And um, you would dress it up. I yeah, I had this little outfit. It was like a sombrero and a, like a carpet thing, like a like a poncho, like a, cape. a poncho, a cape. A cape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd let him run down the hall. This was in college. I'd I'd get him out, and he would just take off running down the halls, like lift up his front legs and go. So you I just see this it. little critter just cruising with his little sombrero and cape <laughs> flying down the hall. He escaped one time. Well, yeah, he was trying to get well, away from the guy dressing yeah. him up. Probably so, yeah. Come here, my little help doll. Me. Help yeah. me, help me. Well, he, he got out one time, and uh, our... Our, 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 like our dorm dad, like the main, like whatever, RA or whatever, was freaked out by snakes and re- and any reptiles. Perfect. Or amphibians. Or so uh, George gets out. George was his name. George gets out, and we're like looking everywhere. And Eric, his name was Eric Sudlow, is the dorm dad. He's like, you find him? Like it was basically <laughs> it was like, like, find you. him or you're not going, like you're not going to have a place to stay anymore. Right. We're, so... uh we looked for like a day and we ended up finding him on a, he was on a heater in our buddy's room, just <laughs> chilling on the heater. Like, <laughs> duh. Yeah. yeah. I'd be in the warm spot. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any video footage of him? I don't. This was like early nineties. Like so. on a VHS if you had it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a camera then. Yes. It yeah. would have been on VHS. I, yeah. I wish yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 And then it wouldn't be worth anything right now. 
right? It'd be like, oh, that's really fuzzy. That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, there there's some pathology with you that always seems to come out in odd ways, yeah. kind of sideways. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate that. You too, Dave. <laughs> oh yeah. There's yeah. A, I mean, it's a deep well. Yes, it is. It's yeah. I I would say I I have a great deal of stories, but I'm a very quirky bird. Would mm-hmm. you? Would you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just like a I, flat out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You and love you. And you, yeah. you missed the face that Lauren made when she <laughs> yes. said yes. It yes. was like, uh, yeah. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. And and then you meet Ellen, mm-hmm. and you go, oh, okay, this works. Oh, totally. Quirky and quirky. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. I, I don't. I never thought of Ellen was quirky, but she is definitely. She's own, fun. She's fun, and she's her own special breed of cat for sure yeah mm-hmm. in a good way <laughs> yeah yes oh Since yeah we're talking yeah. about unusual pets quirky cats we do questions in our service because of ellen yes help herself yeah yes. i love that can i ask a question i know <laughs> apparently so you can it's so good yes yeah she her telling of that was that she lost the boundary between she was like <laughs> the fourth in her wall head. she was on the front row and it was like oh i'm just having a the conversation, conversation. yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so. <laughs> that's her. Yeah, that's her memory of that. That's her memory of that. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a good it. memory. That's a yeah. good memory. Now, when you were, when did he do questions and responses out in uh, California when you were at his church? No, definitely not. Too big. Too big. I love the question and answer so much. That's like my biggest. Mm-hmm. When I talk to someone about our church, I'm like, and yeah, <laughs> we do question and answer at yeah. the end. It's yeah, so yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so good. All right, so where are we in our journeys of discussions around our survey? We Just so you all know, we did a survey at our church. If you weren't with us last time, go back and listen to that. But And we just published the results. If uh, It's on our website at journeytn.com, mm-hmm. so you can go there and check it out. Um, if you get our newsletter from the church, it also will have a link in there to it. So it's it's available to mm-hmm. read and look at. And we found it to be, I found it, it to be a lot of fun and fascinating. Yeah. Uh, fun and fascinating. Yes, fun because of the diversity yeah. of, of the crew. Interesting stuff. And um and also the uh to know that we have a wide variety of types of people here, mm-hmm. which it really encourages me. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So we last time we talked about some of the journey specific things, yeah. and then we were going to talk about some of the broader things that it would apply not just to journey, but mm-hmm. to other places. So yeah. Um as part of the study, we looked at physical health, emotional health, relational health, spiritual health. We just had measures of different things. And then as part of that, I started looking at um, how certain things related to other things. So we're going to have a little wonky discussion about that first about okay. about that process so lauren's going to help me out with this okay. so there's <laughs> yeah because we're not yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well there, that was a perfect there is there is a type of statistic or research that's called correlational mm-hmm. and correlation means a relationship so as this goes up this other thing goes up or if this oh. goes up this goes mm-hmm. down okay, okay. so if okay. one goes up and the other goes up they have a positive relationship and if mm-hmm. this goes up and the other one goes down they have a negative relationship okay. that, makes, that sense. makes sense mm-hmm. so the problem with correlations is that you can say this and this are related but you can't say if one calls the other so here's what i mean is it true that i'm going to give you a good one okay <laughs> is it true that 
um, shark attacks increase as ice cream sales increase? Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, because there's, there's more people out. Right? <laughs> so, ice cream, ice cream sales uh, In- cause shark attacks. That would mm. be wrong. <laughs> well, except now they have the ice cream boats that they sell it on. So, <laughs> oh. yeah. but that's exempt. But those things yeah, are but, related. Yeah. So if if you sell more ice cream, you're going to have more shark attacks. Okay. But ice so, cream sales do not cause shark attacks. So. Right. But in theory, then you would say stop selling ice cream. Well, if you if if you make the wrong conclusion, right? You know, if you draw the conclusion of like because these things are related, yeah, and that's the thing with research is mm. some research just says there's a relationship and doesn't prove a connection. Got right. it. So none of the things I'm going to say prove this. They just say these things are related. To Somehow each other. related. Okay. They and, drill this into you in grad school. Correlation does not equal causation. That's right. true. All okay. the time. All yeah, the those time. are different words. Yes. Right. Causation is a different deal. Right. Yes. And people mistake that. All, all the, the time. time. Yeah, sure. So and, and and it's also how people manipulate statistics. Yes. For sure. Yeah, because they can say, well, you know, as this goes up, this goes up. And so these right. things are, well, th- that might be true. I'll give you a very funny example, but it's true. There's almost a perfect correlation, almost uh, 100%, as close as you can get. One of the highest correlations I've ever seen between these two variables, the divorce rate in Maine and the per capita consumption of margarine margarine in Maine wow no just per capita consumption. in general yep. yeah so as as the divorce rate goes up in Maine so does the per capita consumption of margarine that's crazy now here's the point those have nothing right. to do and you will never find a connection that just happened to be Right. It just is. Is that consistent that like as you measure that over time? I mean, so there's all does kinds it fall of things apart? Like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. like you could have the number of um, <laughs> movies from Nicolas Cage correlates Ooh. with some, you know, yeah. people that uh, drown while fishing <laughs> yeah. or something. You know, it's all kinds of stuff like that's that. Cr- that's interesting. So the, the point of this is that, that well, yeah. you can have two variables that have a statistical relationship. But don't you don't you don't know that they cause each other? Can can I ask a question? Just this is mm-hmm. a, a question around that. So like I know we'd mentioned weeks or months ago about like video games and violence, right? Or mm-hmm. so is that an example of where um, correlation correlation uh, where people have caused called it causation, but it's actually correlation in some or, cases. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. There's some attempts to show causation that are. I would if we got into that in more yeah. detail, I'd say. They're very weak or studies. Or is it a stretch? It's a big stretch okay, if you heard okay. the design of the study. Got it. But a lot of that is, you know, well, as this has gone up, so has this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, we, we talked about this um, at the service in early July, mm-hmm. as uh, the number of um, mental health therapists has increased, so has the rate of depression and anxiety. Mm. So mental health providers cause more depression mm-hmm. or the same thing we could say as the number of oncologists have increased the rates of cancer in young people has gone up which it has yeah, yeah. so oncologists cause cancer well that's a bad conclusion right right yep. because we know that the reason that there's more of them is because there's more need mm-hmm. right there's more there's more need for it and so the, that's the relationship not that this causes the other thing so you measure the you measure wrongly and yeah. in the way that they're well, you might measure correctly, but 
conclude wrong. Conclude wrong. wrong. Yeah, yes, that's what I mean. You're leaving out a moderating sorry. variable. Or, yeah. Okay. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Okay. So we're saying that up front because everything that we're talking about here at the end of the day is a correlation. So we can say, we, and by the way, you can't also conclude that they're not causing each other. You just okay. can't conclude that they are. Got it. That's mm. important here. So we right. might, I'm going to say these things is like, as this goes up, this goes up. Well, maybe this is the thing that caused that, or maybe there's all kinds of other, mm-hmm. like Lauren just said, moderating variables, other, okay. other variables that are in par- a part of that. For sure. Does Got this make sense? Yes, absolutely. So it's that was great. a little professorly for a, yeah. a minute, but. I think it's good for context. Yeah. We, yeah. So here's what we found. So if you have a, and, and this is generally true. Um, it, if you think of the best correlation you could get is a hundred percent in correlation terms, that would be a 1.0. Okay. So a 0.99 correlation would be nine. Like it's just right n- there near perfect as you could get. Got it. So we think of usually anything uh, higher than about 0.5 up through one as being a really strong correlation. Some people tighten that up a little bit and they make it 0.6 or even point. But really once you're at 0.5, you're at like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's not happening by chance. Probably there's some kind of connection here. Okay. And then things that are, you know, 0.3 to 0.5 or so are, you know, pretty good. And then below that, it's like, eh. So I'm going to talk about ones that have pretty high correlations, like 0.7 relate relationships. And I'll talk about two in particular. The one thing that we found, and this again is based on the study of about 200 people that was here at Journey, and maybe in the future we expand, do it again, and maybe we also ask other churches, we'll mm-hmm. see, yeah. is that as secure attachment to God increases, so does a person's engagement in church community, church uh, personal disciplines, the life of uh, of being a a Christian or a follower of Jesus. Gotcha. Like as the more securely attached you become, the more engaged you are with that. Okay. Now that seems kind of obvious, but um, it's yeah. interesting that it finds that there's that connection between how healthy and secure your relationship with God is and those kinds of points of engagement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any, so the inverse that? would be true. Could be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the less secure attachment, probably the less involvement. Yeah, that would be that would be a, an inference. Okay, you mm-hmm. would assume. Okay, okay, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, if someone and and to back up a step, secure attachment. The way that we are are thinking about it is, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before. There are types of human attachments. There there are styles of how people form attachments, and there are really four. But just for sake of, of simplicity, let's talk about three. Secure attachment is uh, you feel secure in yourself and in your partner or in your other attachment relationships. You don't play a lot of games. There's not a lot of drama. There's not a lot of uh, emotional manipulation, not a lot of jealousy, and also not a lot of pushing away and distancing. Then you've got insecure attachment, which is very like it sounds insecure. There's a lot of game playing and emotional intensity, a lot of uh, insecurity, jealousy, worrying that the other per- person's got the upper hand. And then there is avoidant attachment, which is kind of a keep people at arm's length right. when people mm-hmm. start getting closer to kind of create that distance. Yeah. So we're taking that same human idea 
and applying it to relationship with God. And the way we would measure it would be if you would say, I have had, my experience of God is warm and trusting Mm -hmm. and my view of him is that he's kind and has my best interest at heart and things like that. Yeah, he's for me. Now, I, I haven't asked you this, but would you... Lauren, would you feel like that's a good way to conceptualize that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think this makes sense, you know, if these are connected, because if you have a secure attachment to God, you're not avoiding religious behaviors or being with other believers, right? It doesn't scare you. Mm-hmm. You're also not sort of obsessed with it and feel beholden to it like you have to. And, you know, in the religious mm-hmm. and health research world, there is a lot of research that interesting religious behaviors like going to church and praying, people tend to have even like higher rates of heart health and, you know, sort of better physical health when they engage in those kinds of behaviors, not even the internal spiritual, Hmm. but that those behaviors somehow are connected also to physical health. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That there's an interconnection between physical well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being. Sure. Those things all seem, and this, by the way, is exactly what we found here too. Same, same ideas. So it sort of bears that out. So, just which comes first based on this research we don't know yeah you can't say a direction okay oh yeah you, okay. All, all you... <laughs> yeah we don't know just going to going to church and doing these things being part of a community cause you to have a more secure relationship or right. because you have a secure relationship are you more likely to engage in the community okay we don't know could you look that... at that as a it could go both ways, right. like that, that yeah. it happens sometimes yeah. from one way or the other. Okay. So that's a causality question. Right. Okay. And, and that's why we Not a took the time to talk about correlate is Correct. because we can't make the conclusion right. that we can say these things are related, pretty highly related, yeah. but we can't say this, if, if you go to church and pray and mm-hmm. are doing Bible study and worship, that you're going to have you a secure attachment become. to God, or if you have a secure attachment to God, you will do these things out of kind of the outflow of that we don't based on this yes we can't conclude that is there a correlation between my um attachment style mm-hmm. with my wife say or is and my attachment style with say god or do those things relate i'll answer first and then <laughs> this is good for lauren uh i would say from this you cannot conclude that okay but i would also say that um, that probably is true. Yeah, it's likely that they do, just because typically our attachment style we have with our parents, we tend to map on to mm-hmm. other close relationships. But I'm sure that there's research on that out there, and I'll make that my homework to look it up, and I'll answer you next time we meet together. Okay. Because it's a great question. Yeah, because I wonder out loud, I just wonder if as a pastor, you're trying to nurture something in someone mm-hmm. in a relationship with God, but their attachment is is saying no. I'm going to stiff arm yeah. that hmm. that make it. It might answer some questions for me. I know I'm thinking <laughs> this for me to help to at least go. Oh, okay. I'm uh, I I understand a little more why you're responding the way you are to God. Yeah, and it it makes a point for me. The other thing I'm thinking about is you know when we look at the attachment research, it. 
you know, if you've got kind of an anxious attachment style, what a lot of people in the kind of relational psychology world would say is it's actually best to spend time with people who are more securely attached and almost learn from mentors and learn from other couples who have good secure attachments. So for someone who has maybe a, a little less healthy attachment style to be in a group of believers who have a more healthy attachment to God, you could see how that would sort of help them. Mm -hmm. We call that a corrective emotional experience Mm -hmm. or experiences that correct that internal model of how you attach to people or to God. Okay. So that's fixable. Yeah, the thing well, about- I feel like we are we currently <laughs> you and I are attached. We, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. But yeah. I'm saying I think we like in a in a version of that that we do with like we have people who mentor other people in in you know like spiritual direction and so I I wonder if that kind of plays into what you're describing. Mm-hmm. You know, if that, that it, helps. It should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attachment style is not something that's easily fixed, but it is changeable. Okay, it's not. Oh, the, okay. the research okay. says that a person can change their attachment style with effort, with intentional effort. And a lot of what Lauren's saying is exactly right. A lot of that effort comes from modeling after new people and kind of um, seeing how other people do it and how they experience things. Is this a relatively new area of study? Mm -hmm. No. Attachment. It goes back to old Bowlby. Yeah. I mean, this has been around for decades. But I I will say, I think the church is relatively new to Mm -hmm. thinking about it. But the psychologists have known about human attachment for Mm -hmm. decades. Okay. But uh, to kind of also elaborate on one point you were making, this is not always true, but it's often true. People that have an avoidant attachment uh, or people that have an anxious attachment have their backgrounds tend to lead them in that direction. Not always, but often. So an avoidant attachment, the person grows up feeling like other people will disappoint you or let you down or are not to be trusted or aren't going to be there for you. And so that's usually the, the origin story of that, usually. And then people that have a real anxious attachment, it is a sense of that they feel in themselves inadequate, insecure, that they need another person to feel whole or okay. Mm. And so they're always trying to kind of come at people in this very sort of intense emotional way. And then they worry. So if they're not in the relationship, they feel empty and insecure. Mm-hmm. And when they're in the relationship, they feel are they like, I worry if they're enough. Yeah. They're, like yeah, they yeah. worry that their partner's cheating on them or that mm-hmm. the partner has the upper hand on them or you know, not just partner relationships, yeah. but particularly those. So yeah, it's often you see the that early stuff map onto later relationships, which then maps, as Lauren said, onto other kinds of relationships like your relationship with God. That becomes mm. your so if you if you have an avoidance style with people, then you're you're gonna have that probably with God. Your your view of God is like, I'm mm. good. I'm you know, God might be fine, but you know, I'm gonna sort of live in this self-contained way and yeah. and I'm going to take care of life on my own terms and I'll mm. be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of this is shaped by your family of origin. Yes. Okay. Typically, unless you've had some other kind of traumatic experience outside of that, mm-hmm. that's something also that could shape it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, as we've said in other times, these things are complicated in that it's not just a clear through line of this happens when you're younger and this happens. It has to do with how, your temperament is and how you interpret those things yep. and yep. the timing of it. So it's not, there's no one size fits all. Right. This is, it's right. unique to each individual. It is. Yeah. Another finding that we had, which I, um, 
I am really glad for because it's something we need to to be aware of is that there is a connection between narcissism and I in here I called it spiritual narcissism. Right. So that would be this idea that I have this very special relationship with God that I sort of um, can influence God in ways that maybe other people can't or ways that I have a connection that other people don't have, mm, sure. or I understand things better. You know, that sort of narcissistic, uh, attitude applied to faith. Yeah. There's a connection between spiritual narcissism and this concept that we have discussed before called spiritual bypass and spiritual bypass is the not dealing with things. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It's the, you learn about a tragedy and the spiritual bypass response is, well, you know, everything's in God's hands or God knows what he's doing or, mm -hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> I'll pray for you. Pray. Yeah. L Lauren and I, um, in another, let's, I think we can say the city without saying the school we in, in Charlotte, we were consulting with a school that had a tragedy where the kids on this trip saw someone, mm die yeah in a pretty awful way yeah and they asked us to kind of come in and be yeah. present, which we have done a number of times for schools and i don't know if you remember this but the the principal or whoever at the time got up there and just basically it was spiritual bypass a go-go it mm. was like a lot of the the um you know stuff about uh you know, this is God's will and God's mm. purpose. And it was not dealing with the, do you remember this or no? You're kind of, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he blocked it out <laughs> yeah. anyway, but that's an example of it. So, yeah. and, and so right. what this is saying is the, there is a relationship between someone who feels like they have this sort of special, unique, mm -hmm. um, relationship with God and the tendency not to deal with life on life's terms in emotional ways. Mm, gotcha. So what I'm really interested in here, which I know we didn't ask, but is if you gave these folks a personality measure, would they measure higher on narcissism? Because I wonder if people who are not at all narcissistic believe in this way, because I think the American church has taught this. Mm, yeah. This, I, Like, I think the American church has taught you've, you know, sort of you have this special individual relationship with God, like health and wealth gospel. If you mm -hmm. pray the prayer of Jabez, you can get you know, success <laughs> in your yeah, business. Yes, and I think yeah. it's been taught. So for people who are not even narcissistic, this is their belief pattern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in that sense, it's learned. Like it's not just, it's not, it wasn't ingrained Maybe. in them. Like, I mean, that's, 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 what that's I'm actually really interesting. About. Yeah. Well, my that's whole, fascinating. Yeah. The premise of uh, my most recent writing has been that American evangelicalism has been infected with collective narcissism, mm -hmm. which is group narcissism. It's not even individual narcissism. Mm -hmm. It's like we're part of a special group that has wow. a special, um, you know, access to God. Yeah. And, um, and because of that, we're right. And other people who don't see it that way, are not only wrong, but we're okay to be uh, angry and opposed to them. Mm -hmm. That's collective narcissism. I think it's more of that. That's a bounded set on steroids right there. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Big time. So, yeah. So I want to see that when you're done. Oh, I, I want to read that. It, it's is in it a out book. already? It's out. Oh, it's out. Okay. Yeah, it's in yeah, his yeah. book. Oh, it is. It's okay. Good. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's a good chapter. Okay. It helped me understand a few things. 
Yeah. So there's a, there's a connection between <laughs> this kind of spiritual slash collective narcissism. And I borrowed some of the collective narcissism items mm-hmm. for that. And this idea of spiritual bypass, which mm. is just not going to deal with. So we have a correlation, high correlation between very high. For, what does it mean then that there's a correlation between those two things? Is it bad? Uh, it's expected. It's expected, but it's confirmed. So it's basically, I would say, would you agree? Spiritual narcissism is a bad thing. And they would say, no, I'm asking you. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, and, and would you, and, and I'm sorry, I was, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get the correlation better. I'm sorry. If that's a bad thing, then spiritual bypass is, I would also say is, is not a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. So it's too healthy two unhealthy uh, ways of of practicing or entering into faith um, that are related to each other. If you do this, you're going to do this. Got it. Right. You're more like, now, doesn't necessarily say one causes the other. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a little tiger it's purring over there. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I started laughing. She's like, you guys are boring. <laughs> yes. Can you pick up yeah. the pace a little bit? Yeah. So there's, so people would answer on this somehow some way on the questionnaire the correlation of okay so i land somewhere in this area of collective narcissism yeah and and the correlation is is that there's a similar amount of people or the same people landed in this area of spiritual bypass close it would say if you're taking this inventory and there are items about uh i have this special relationship with a God that other people don't have. I can influence. Right. I remember God, the questions. Yes. Right. Those yeah. questions. Yeah. If you rate those higher, you're also going to rate the questions about spiritual bypass higher. Okay. Mm. That's does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Now it does. As no, these I'm, I'm things there. increase, these things increase. Got it. Okay. Got and it. then that begs the question that you were asking: How does it get that way? Right. And is it because it's a personality thing, or did I learn this somewhere yeah. along the line? My guess is I'm agreeing with your premise, but it would be fun to find out whether it's something they learned. Right. And I'm also thinking, I'm wondering for you guys as pastors, have you seen people go through that change in beliefs and is it a loss? Like I, Mm. I, you know, I think people who believe in that way or have been taught to believe in that way, Mm -hmm. when they come up against a tragedy that doesn't set that, you know, doesn't fit with that way of believing or, you know, for me in my first year of, you know, being in a seminary and my professor says, you know, looks at a Bible verse and says, that doesn't mean like God cares who you marry or what you do for your job. God doesn't care about that. He just wants you to be more like him. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Right. He right. doesn't care. And and not that that's the best way to put that. that right. God doesn't care. But, right, you know, right, right. he was just saying like, that's yeah. not who God. And it, it was like someone threw my faith in the air and mm-hmm. shot it with a shotgun. And I was right. like picking up the pieces. Like I was <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute. Because I definitely felt like mm-hmm. you... Everything is orchestrated and is, and right. I was really kind of struggling with that. So, do y'all see people go mm. through that change, yeah. and what's that like? Mm. I've, I've, I've run through. Oh, yeah, this is a long conversation. <laughs> Just an example. I ran into somebody at First Watch a couple of weeks ago sitting on the patio came over and said, "I just he he came over and he said I got to tell you something. I haven't seen him in two years." He goes, "You told me something that made me very angry." but now I'm beginning to see it the way you see it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me right here on the patio. (laughs) Um, And he said, I thought that God was going to heal my, he fell in the blank. And and you said, God's not obligated to do that. Mm -hmm. 
and I was like angry mm. because God gets to do what God wants to do. We, we can pray and we can ask and we can petition. We can, we can be obedient that way. We can be in a relationship that way, but it doesn't make God obligated. And that for, that was a paradigm shift because for a lot of people, they think God is obligated if you pray the prayer of mm-hmm. Jabez, or you pray and anoint somebody with oil that God will heal them if you have enough faith. And I was trying to tell them how much faith you have doesn't matter. Your faith is revealed in your prayer. It's not revealed in how God responds to your prayer. And that is really hard, mm. especially when you've been told, if I pray right, God will do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the shift is usually anger first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I've got one more point then we'll wrap okay. up. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. And it's actually the point Lauren already made in a different way. And that Sorry. is oh, no, that's <laughs> way to <perfect>. go, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Lauren. Oh, Thanks gosh. for wrecking my <laughs> thing. Um, okay. It, what we found is if we ask questions about physical health, emotional health, relational health, and we put them into a big kind of scale of mm-hmm. global health, just generally speaking, yeah. kind of big picture health. Yeah. That there's a strong relationship between that and healthy faith which again okay we don't know the directionality <laughs> yeah but it, as it's spiritually healthy people tend to be physically emotionally mentally healthy people and vice versa mentally yeah. and spiritually healthy people or, or emotionally healthy people yeah tend to often be more spiritually healthy not always but often yeah hmm. so health begets health yeah okay that should sell Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's thanks, Dave. Yeah. And thanks for doing this. This is this fascinates me. Me too. And this will obviously inform us as we're going forward. And obviously, it gave Lauren some homework, which <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he didn't give me any homework. Um, but as we un- uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be transitioning a little bit of our location where we do this. We're going to have some YouTube. We saw the beginnings of this happen today. We got a storage shed oh. outside. And some wow. things. Yeah. So, things are happening. Fancy. Things are happening. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here, you guys. You're much appreciated. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Journey On My Mind, a podcast brought to you by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Kevin at kevin at journeytn.com or text us at 615-861-9503. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes and join us as we continue to explore the intersection of science and faith.